Welcome to Play for Keeps, a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, Inc., which reserves all rights to its use. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Silhouetta by Diana Burbano, Chris Shelton, and Tom Shelton. Cast of Characters Ana Mendieta, a Cuban-American artist, 36 at the time of her death in 1985. Carl Andre, a minimalist sculptor, 50 in 1985, now 79. The action takes place in an abstract space, which can become variously Carl's bedroom, a New York sidewalk, an art gallery in New York or Rome, and Cuba. Sound and lighting effects are suggested throughout the script. Props and sets are minimal. The words carry us through Carl's haunted memories. Silhouetta The nightmarish sound of a woman screaming no overlapped by old Carl's voice as if waking from a nightmare. No! Don't start with that! Anna, leave me alone, goddammit! Lights up on an open window. The sound of a woman screaming continues as old Carl stumbles on stage, heading for the window. You see your chance, don't you? Uh, the wife's away. The spook comes out to play. Well, not tonight, baby! He slams the window shut and the scream cuts off abruptly. There. He turns back, sees the audience. Holy crap, who the hell are you? What do you want? If you're looking for Missy, she's not here. She's in Pasadena setting up my show at the Norton Simon. I'm batching it. So stay away, Anna. They're calling the show <laughs> Beyond Brancusi, the Space of Sculpture. Yeah, it's pretentious, but what the hell, I'm in good company. Moore, Judd, McCracken. Mine's polished aluminum, 144 square feet, flat on the floor. Gleams like a mirror. I like people to walk on it. Freaks them out. You know who I am, right? Carl Andre? No? Hell, read your textbooks. American minimalism. I'm a founder of the 60s. And that uh, Wikipedia goes on and on and on about me. But it's not an obit. I'm still around, still active. The New Yorker, recently, big, big story about me. See it? Subtitled Carl Andre's Eminent Obscurity. <laughs> yeah, very clever, very New Yorker. Well, eminent is right, but obscure, really. The Guggenheim just bought one of my pieces for three million bucks. Wait, wait a minute. You're not here because of me. You're just interested in her, my former wife, hoping to catch a glimpse of the spook, the phantom of Mercer Street, like all those mouth-breathing gawkers down on the sidewalk. We still get them, you know, craning their necks to see the window. That window. Jesus, it's been 30 years. Well, you shit out of luck, folks. She's not coming. Not tonight! The ghost of Anna appears. Buenas noches, mi amor. Oh, God damn it to hell, Anna. Get out of here. I don't want you here. Uh, gotta keep talking. Make her go away. Who's got a topic, a question? Uh, you want to know, did I ever sleep with Jackie O? Oh, Jesus, Carl. God, you love doing that, sneaking up on me. Wife not home? You know she's not. I caught a show at the public. Thought I'd swing by after. I latched the goddamn window, Anna. But you know you can't shut me out, querido. I've got guests. So I see. 
Have you been entertaining them with our lurid story? No. ¿Por qué no? Since they're here, since they're so fiendishly fascinated. Well, if you won't oblige them, I will. Yo soy Ana Mendieta, the Cuban artist. I carved huge vaginas on mountainsides. I drenched my naked body in blood. I left my silhouette everywhere. A nut job. A brilliant nut job. And Carl André was dazzled by me. We were a very hot couple. Our romance was a conflagración. Eight sizzling years. But we never should have gotten married. It was messy, it was ugly. And three months after the wedding, I fell to my death. On September 8th, 1985, from the bedroom window of this apartment. She gestures, and the window opens. Loud sounds of a New York City street below. This window. Thirty-four floors up. More accurately, thirty-four floors down. That's enough, Anna. They don't want to hear anymore. He closes the window. I was just getting to the good part. The grisly details. No. How I traveled at a speed of 120 miles per hour. That's eight floors a second. And was flattened on the roof of that new Thai restaurant on the ground floor. I looked just like one of my own siluetas. Después de eso, there followed a lot of mierda about whether I fell or tripped or committed suicide. Or whether you threw me out. Hullabaloo. Obfuscation. Garbage. You were charged with murder, Carl, by the city of New York. The trial was an ordeal. Very exhausting. Poor Carl. I'm dead and he's exhausted. I was acquitted. Yes. You were acquitted, mi amor. But half of New York was convinced you did it. Feminists wanted to lynch you. They still do. So the mystery remains, doesn't it? How did I die? What really happened? Can you imagine? Even I don't really know. Carl won't talk about it. You never mentioned me in public. When I died, I think you hoped I would cease to exist. But I'm still here, aren't I, mi amor? The truth will set you free. Pero yo no estoy libre, so neither are you. Please leave me alone, Anna. Don't you think it's creepy he still lives in this apartment with a different wife? The Icelandic princess who polishes his rocks and curates his website. Carl Andre, fatherofminimalism.com. So, you think it's ghoulish? I still live here? So what? I don't need to forget. I just want to move on. Besides, this place is rent control. Cheap, cabron. Besides, I like living up here. It means success to me. The tallest building in the village. Thirty years. Anna, it's been thirty years. The New Yorker also said... Never has a career been so affected by circumstances that have nothing to do with his art. You haven't had a major show since I died. You've been blocked. By what? Guilt? I'm busy. I have a piece at the Norton Simon. From 1967. <laughs> I've got a major retrospective upstate. I know. The Dia Foundation. I went to see it. I felt like a morgue. I was pleased to see that my fans are still splattering you with chicken blood. <laughs> They haven't forgotten me. Are you selling anything? No, you dope. It's a retrospective. Right. Old stuff. Well, wait till you're actually dead, mi amor. Prices skyrocket. You tortured me when you were alive. Confess your and sins, you're lover. you're still torturing me. What were you thinking when I defenestrated? Did you hate me? I never hated you. Did you love me? What do you think? When I died, you told the cops I followed her into the bedroom and she went out the window. That's what you said. So detached. So terrifying. 
Like the man says, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Killing me on a clear out, vaporized. Not until I know the truth, from the beginning. The beginning? Why? The very beginning. Because that's the only way we'll understand the very end. Oh, please, I can't do that. Yes, you can. The truth doesn't vaporize. You want me to leave you alone? Go with me, and I'll never haunt you again, I promise. Go with me all the way out the window. She opens the window. Sound of woman screaming no, then the thunk of a body landing on a roof. Soho Art Gallery, 1978. The hushed excitement of an exhibit opening. When we met, <laughs> she was an unknown straight out of grad school. She was showing photos of her performance art at one of those cheesy feminist co-op galleries. He had been invited to speak on a panel about how the woman's art movement was affecting the attitudes of male artists. And other assorted feminist bullshit. I was the token male celebrity, <laughs> invited to draw flies. It was November and the room was already too hot from the radiators. As the place got packed with sweating art lovers... The temperature kept going up. The wax she used to mount the photos began to melt from the heat and they started to pop out of their frames and fell to the floor. Anna and soon Carl will shift to their younger selves. This happens frequently throughout the rest of the play, often mid-speech. Mierda! From the way she talked, you'd never know she was Cuban nobility. What the hell do I do now? I'm Carl Andre. Give me a hand here. The minimalist. I know who you are. I knew the name, of course. The signature farmer overalls, tailor-made. Tailor-made! En serio, in Germany, confirmed it. If I don't get these pieces back up on the walls, I'm going to have a damn heart attack. I'll help you. We can improve your juxtapositions while we're at it. Rearrange them, deliberately. You're the performance artist. They'll think it's part of the show. <laughs> don't panic. I'm Cuban. If I didn't panic, I wouldn't know I was alive. Her work was hardly original. Yoko Ono and Judy Chicago played out that performance scrap in the 60s. Nevertheless, there was <sighs> something extremely compelling about this girl. What's going on in this one? Anna Mandieta. Anna, please. Anna. Anna Mandieta, Rape Series, University of Iowa. Student work, senior project, multimedia. Some women had recently been raped and murdered on campus, so I went to the slaughterhouse and got buckets of pig's blood. I took the stuff home and splattered the blood all over the apartment. My professor tied me on the kitchen table and smeared me with blood. You're naked. From the waist down. That was important. He left me there, dripping. Your professor? I had invited the class over for a pizza, uh, and when they walked in, they thought I had been murdered for real. What a great idea for a party. Mm, I got an A. Well deserved, I'm sure. This one is more recent. This playa is in Mexico. I buried myself in the sand and let the tide come in and sweep me out to sea. I nearly drowned. Who takes the pictures? The professor? It doesn't matter. It could be anyone, but there has to be a collaborator, a witness. She was naked in every picture. I do things so they can be destroyed. I'm in control, but not in control, you see? They move to another picture. Who's in control here, you or the headless chicken? You tell me. This is a ritual sacrifice, Santeria, Cuban voodoo. I stand naked in front of my canvas... My assistant chops the chicken's heads off and hands me the body. Blood gushes everywhere. I feel each dying heartbeat. When it is finally dead, I step away from my canvas, soaked, 
All that is left is my silueta outlined in splattered chicken blood. It freaks people out. You don't say. Her work was savage. But as she described it, her face was angelic. I dug it. I dug that uh, juxtaposition. I give my naked silhouette up to the sacred spaces. The earth, the wind, the sea. To be ravished by the thrust of the tide. Have dinner with me. Hoda! He was a titan, an Olympic caliber, world-famous artist, and he thought I was someone to know. And I thought, despite her breathtaking capacity for bullshit, wow, <laughs> she's hot. I took her out to dinner. My standard wooing package, a funky village hangout where everybody knew who I was, with surprisingly fresh oysters and limitless excellent champagne. And I was the classic target. Young, ambitious, and believe it or not, sexually inexperienced. I had one boyfriend in high school and had been seduced with a camera by my professor in college. I was freely naked, but only with the protection of the camera lens. I did want to be desflorada by a superstar, but I was so freaked out, I got really drunk and chattered. I lived in Iowa for ten years. Years. That's what America was for me. Flat silos full of corn, boring, cold, and not just the weather. You New Yorkers, so different. Sometimes I can't breathe here. I like the sensation. <laughs> Have another glass of champagne. It'll warm you up. I practically had to carry her into the elevator. I, you live here? So high. Thirty-four floors. It's like a Holiday Inn in Des Moines. This is a very expensive apartment. Oh. Huh? What a wild view. These windows are my lens on the city. From way up here, Bed-Stuy looks almost like Paris. Come, look. No. No, no puedo. It's too high. It makes my head spin. Where's your studio? I don't need one. It's all up here. The design is in my mind. When I've done it in my mind, it's done. The rest is just assembly. Anyone can do that with my instructions. Come here. What's on your mind now? They kiss clumsily. He fumbles with her dress. <clears throat> how, do, how do these... Uh, am I... Uh, are these some sort of uh, Cuban... Uh, mm, no, they're not really buttons. They're decorations. Just pull. He pulls her dress over her head and gets stuck. Ow! Watch my earring! Sorry. All right, here we go. That's got it, I think. Yes? Espera! She wiggles out. She struggles with his overalls. Where's the zipper? They don't have a zipper. You have to unclip them. It's stuck. Oh, it's twisted. You have to untwist it. No, the other way. Here. Here, it takes two hands. Here, just let me do it. Coño, I managed to avoid overalls in Iowa. Why was I dealing with them in New York? It was a catastrophe. It was fine. It was fun. <laughs> Your basic New York one-night-stand 70s style. I wanted making love with you to change my life. I wanted you to be the bull to my Europa. <laughs> Tell it to Edith Hamilton. I was disappointed. I woke up early and snuck out as fast as I could. The next morning, I was a bit surprised that you were gone. I tried to work. That day it didn't go well. I felt like an idiot. Such high expectations, and it was so very ordinary. 
professor and co-ed all over again. I tried to let it go, but... Virgen Santísima, how often do you meet a star? About a month later, he had a big opening, a new installation for MoMA. A PS1 in, uh, in Queens, the art event of the New York season, an engraved invitation for the critics to adulate or eviscerate. Like that fascist fop in the white linen suit? Tom Wolfe, world-class asshole, pontificating to his acolytes about the meaninglessness of minimalism, dismissing my low-brow concrete blocks. Because you didn't carve them, didn't sculpt them, didn't even set them up yourself. What did he call your assistants? I don't know. Don't ask me. I never read this stuff. Unionized fairies. No, elves. He said unionized elves. (laughs) Who put rocks or bricks flat on the ground, objects the artist hasn't laid a finger on. (laughs) And then he quotes that egghead playwright. uh, Uh, Tom Stoppard. Right. Imagination without skill gives Gives us us contemporary contemporary art. (laughs) But that's because you don't understand it, Senor Wolf. Mm. Admitelo. You don't get it, and it threatens you. That's why you had to write that book. Yes, the painted word. Why are you here tonight except to tear Carl André down? Tom, I see you've met Anna Mendieta, a fabulous avant-garde artist. I'm sure you'll hate her work even more than you hate mine. Nice to see you, too. He's a pompous idiota. If you write something nasty about me in Harper's, I'm blaming you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That was a joke. I'm surprised to see you here. I crashed. I've never seen your work in person before. I had to come. Lament for the children. What a perfect name. An abandoned playground and all these concrete blocks. One hundred. Their placement on the grid, like like a graveyard or an army at attention. They're just concrete blocks. So simple. So complex. The pulse of the negative space. The proportions are as clean as the Parthenons. Splatterer. I mean it. I think you get it. So many people, museum geeks, other artists, pretend to get my work, but they really don't. You may be the only one. Flatterer. I stood in that field of blocks and felt overwhelming lust for the talent of the man who had created it. I thought you were a feminist. Being a feminist doesn't mean I'm not a woman. She gets close. Can we start over? Seeing your work like that. I think I'm in love with you. Okay by me. She kisses him. Talent is more intoxicating than champagne. You were white hot that night. In my Cubana Spitfire Prime... And you, mi vida, a bundle of bone-dry, junky kindling. And I was the match. Thus began our eight-year conflagration. (laughs) Carl's bedroom, the morning after. (laughs) What's funny? This is so surreal. Less than one year ago, I was freezing Miculito in an old Iowa classroom reading about you in a textbook. And now, here I am in bed with you. The textbook... uh the Aronson? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember the picture. Lever, uh, 1966. A minimalist masterpiece. 137 identical fire bricks laid side to side in a single line, 34 feet long. <laughs> I was putting Brancusi's endless column on the ground. You stuck Lever through the doorway like a 34-foot dick. You're a dirty young girl. <laughs> Did you know him, Brancusi? No, no. 
When I first came to New York, I knew no one. God, I was dead broke. So I took a night job at the Erie Lackawanna Rail Yards, dispatching freight cars, coupling them together to make trains, sometimes a mile long. How beautiful to couple. Mm. You couple things. Your bricks, your steel, your concrete blocks. Us? He pulls her to him. I used to sit in my little dispatching tower in Jersey <laughs> with a hard on from midnight till dawn, coupling, <laughs> combining boxcars, flatcars, tankers, steel cars on steel rails, glimmering in that fierce industrial light. Playing with trains. Ooh, best job I ever had. Why do artists love wood and clay and stone so much, Ani? They call them natural, but we had nothing to do with the creation of trees and stones. They predate us by millennia. Bricks and iron and steel and aluminum, man-made. I'm a man. Those are my natural elements. Yes. You make them speak because you know their language. You get it. You get me. She kisses him happily. Gonyo, you set the bar so high. I want to do something just as powerful. Dig deep into yourself. What haven't you explored yet? My roots. Gua. Lights change. Not two weeks later, I got one of those calls that changes your life. From the Cuban Ministry of Arts and Culture. Castro wanted Cuban-American artists to glorify his revolución, cabrón. I said yes Instantly. I danced with the devil. I didn't care. I wanted to go home. I wanted to feel the sand of Varedero running through my fingers and the warm caribeño licking my cheek. It was very personal, wasn't it? Way beyond politics. I was one of 14,000 Cuban kids who were airlifted to Miami during the revolution. By the CIA. They called it... Operación Pedro Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> no surprise the CIA misread the story. The lost boys were, after all, lost. Castro stole my home, destroyed my family. My father was a famous lawyer on the wrong side of La Revolución. I was just a girl when Castro threw him in jail. We lost everything. I didn't see him for 18 years, until he finally made it to Iowa. The only job he could get there was janitor. America broke him faster than Castro did. Ana's co-op studio, Spring, 1978. Ana is packing up her art supplies. Are you ever coming back? Of course I am. Don't worry, I can take care of myself. She kisses him goodbye. Lights change. I was given my choice of places to do my sculpture. I chose a beautiful location in a national park just outside of Havana. It was an old limestone quarry called La Cava de Aquila. I carved huge female figures in the stone primitive Indian goddesses, ten of them. They represented the womb of La Madre Cuba and the womb from which all mankind comes, woman. My hands moved as if directed by spirits. As I was sculpting the hips and breasts of these goddesses, I was releasing the essence of Cuba. Oh, your ego is bigger than mine. You know what it was really about, your lost childhood. You fetishized it because it was so completely lost. We had a girl in my grandmother's house who was pure Taino Indian. We called her Chica. One night, she told me her Indio name, Juisa. 
She told me stories about the island when it was called Kubanacan. My favorite was the story of the Taino Venus. That story was really about you, Ani. When Spanish colonists first set foot on the tiny island of Quiloco, off the south coast of Guanacan, they found it empty but for a beautiful young woman. She was naked except for a necklace and a bracelet of seashells and seeds. Everywhere this beautiful woman went, she was followed by a blue heron. Spreading its wings, it would touch her mouth with its beak in silent caress. It was a perfect life. You were like an archaeologist digging for a legend to call your own. A Spanish comandante lusted for her body and stole her from her island. He locked her in the highest tower of his fortaleza where there was no escape. He tried to seduce her, but she resisted his advances. Enraged, he warned her that she must yield to him or he would kill her. There was no way out. So she bolted herself into the tower room. But by the time the comandante battered down the door, she had disappeared. But how? There was but one window, 300 feet from the ground. The Taino said that she had been rescued by the blue heron who flew her back to her island home. She is said to live there still. And as long as she lives, the spirit of Kubanacan lives too. Carl's Apartment, 1978 fall. You are something else. How much of that story did you make up just now? None of it. All of it. I meant it as a compliment. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. You're a poet. With me, you know, a brick is a brick. For you, Ani, every curve of your body contains a legend. And the Taino Venus will be remembered by all the Cuban people because she lives in my sculptures in the caves of Cubanacan. Miss it, don't you? That's your home. It was. I don't have a home anymore. You look so sad. I did something really stupid and asked if you wanted to move in with me. I had an adorable studio on 6th Avenue. I sublet it to move into his Soviet-style high-rise. You came to 300 Mercer of your own free will. I needed a prescription for tranquilizers just to get into the elevator. Come on! You were dying to live with me. So you were a little acrophobic. So you drank a little. No, no, we drank a little. Actually, we drank a lot. And why not? Champagne made me horny. It made me horny, too. Exactly. A happy coincidence. Which led to one thing leading to another thing, which led to a happy home. See, si, that it did. You were good, Anna. So were you, Carl. I got you. You got me. That was all we needed to make us work. Did you love me? I lived with you, didn't I? But did you love me? I worshipped the ground you walked on. You see? You joke. We never would have lasted. You're probably right, but we lasted eight years. Anyway, it's academic now, Carl. I'm dead. All right, all right. Don't start with that. Mira, we had a few good years. What we had that was good was good until it wasn't. Paula Cooper Gallery, 1983. Carl is giving orders to an unseen minion who is setting up his newest show. Uh, Megan, darling, the point is not whether it looks straight to you. I know it is not straight, which tells me you have not followed the instructions. Go back to Brick 13 East, look at the blueprints, and remeasure from the southwest corner. <laughs> Don't cry. It's not rocket science. But it's either exactly right or it's totally wrong. 
to a workman entering. Oh, my God. Are you the new brick guys? You're early. Well, you can't unload. We're not ready for you. Paula, the bricks are double parked. Oh, Megan, please stop crying, sweetheart. Paula, I'm sending Megan home. Give me those and uh, leave the protractor. Anna enters. Hi, Paula. I've got great news. No, I better tell Carl first. Mi amor, you're not going to believe this. Is that straight? As a matter of fact, it isn't. I'm trying to fix it. Carl, I have unbelievable news. Yeah, uh, can it wait? The bricks are double parked. I got the Prix de Rome. You got... What? I got the Prix de Rome, Carl. They gave me the Prix de Rome. I get a studio in a villa and a lot of money. Dios mío, I'm going to be in Rome, the most beautiful, artistic, delicious city in the world. This is the big leagues. That's great, Anna. I know. Isn't it unbelievable? What's up, Peter? No, false alarm. I'll do it myself. Well, maybe you could go out and deal with the bricks. Yes, I know they're double part. Pre to Rome. Hmm. Well, you can't accept it, you know. You can't actually go. What do you mean? Well, well, the first thing is you're already in the big leagues. You're in New York with me, with this. What's the point of flitting off for a semester abroad like some trust fund co-ed? It's not a semester abroad, Carl, and you know it. What's the second thing? Well, there's you and me. We're living together. Yes, thanks, Paula. I saw him, but uh, I sent him to help park the bricks. We're trying to make something work together, I thought. Carl, mi vida. This is the Prix de Rome. They're giving me a villa. You can come stay with me. Oh, I can stay with you. Oh, boy, what a terrific opportunity for me. Will I get to meet your fancy new art friends? Gee whiz. Carl, relax. Don't be a baby. No, but, Anna, the point is this. You cling to me, and then the first chance you get, you bolt. I've done a lot for you already. And I want to do more, but I can't if you keep disappearing. You're right. What in the world was I thinking? Which reminds me, how much do I owe you? This month for, you know, for all that you have done for me. Is a check okay, or would you prefer a pound of flesh? Not funny, Anna. No, not funny at all, Carl. I'm going to Rome. I still want to grow. I haven't stopped evolving. Evolving? I don't even know what that means. Well, you're a minimalist. How could you? Meaning? Minimalism. It's over, Carl. How many times can you lay the same row of bricks? Gesturing to the piece on the floor. Don't parade your ignorance. As many times as it takes till it's perfect. You don't grow, you shrink. Isn't it possible that you could minimalize yourself into nada, extinction, like Tom Wolfe said? He's an asshole and a dilettante. You're both dilettantes. I'd rather be a dilettante than a dinosaur. I'm a working artist, goddammit. Who never won the Prix de Rome. Big fucking deal. Bingo. Oh, fuck your bingo and fuck you. Uh, yes, Paula, uh, everything is fine. Two minutes, I promise. I'm going to Rome. But first, I'm going out to celebrate. Find some people who are actually happy for me. So go. Don't wait up for me, viejito. Have fun. Carl. I may not come back. I'll leave a light on anyway. I mean from Rome. It occurs to me, Carl. I may not come back from Rome. I mean, why bother? Would you even care? Que sera, sera. 
Ciao, baby. Oh, Paula. Cubanas. Lights change. So, did I go to Rome or did I stay home with my lord and master? ¿Qué piensas? I don't mind saying it hurt like hell. That I miss it, cabrón. I don't mind admitting I was in love, unlike you, chronically incapable of saying out loud those three miserable little words, I love you, yo te amo. You could have at least admitted it was hard, that it hurt to let me go. Of course it hurt. I didn't want you to go. I tried to get you to stay home tonight. Tell me, I'm still curious. Did you hit the ground running? Did you start screwing every gallery owner in Soho the minute my plane left JFK? Oh, please. I'd already screwed every gallery owner in Soho. What about your ex-wife? Which one? And the babe in Berlin. What was her name? Bonita? Rita. Rita. The one who sent you postcards with her naked colita and her drooping boobies hanging down to her knees. Hippie bitch. Anyway, Roma. I did hit the ground running, making art, not groupies. And I loved it. Rome was the perfect combination of Havana and New York. Laid back but focused. We didn't talk about art. We made it. I missed Carl, but I was also intensely happy. One part of me continued to worship Carl Andres' genius, but in Rome, I found a new saint to believe in. Me. My own talent. Anna Studio in Rome. It had been ten months. I hadn't even gotten a postcard from Carl since we broke up. My darling friend Giorgio called. He wanted to throw me a party for my 36th birthday the next night. The operator came on with one of those emergency interruptions. Someone was trying to call me long distance. Anna's on the phone in her studio. Ti, ripeto per favore. Carl André, colecto. Oh, si. Assetto la costa. Giorgio, caro, I've got to go now. A collect call from somebody, well, I don't really know. Ciao, mi amor. Carl? Is that you? Buon compleanno, anima dieta. Wow, what a surprise. <laughs> hey, I wrote you a poem. It's pretty good. Tomorrow is your birthday. I'm getting on a plane to hand deliver roses and a magnum of champagne. What do you think? You're coming here. I got a fellowship to Berlin. So you're in Europe anyway. I'm flattered, Carl, but... I miss you. I want to see your work. I want to see you. I want to drink champagne with you in your bed. Your sugar daddy misses his hot tamale, Anna. Oh, Jesus, you're disgusting, Carl André. He makes one phone call, and I was like a drunk who'd been sober for ten months. A waiter walks by with a tray of martinis. Next thing I know, I'm under the table with my dress over my head. All right, Carl. Tomorrow night. I'm at 17 Via dei Foraggi. Ciao. It looked like I was going to be a no-show for my own birthday party. Carl enters the studio with champagne. Peter Rome buys. <laughs> Cozy. It has the best light and the best view in Roma. I love this place. I bring champagne. And the roses? Roses? Oh, uh, the Chioschi della Rosas was closed. He uncorks the champagne. Is this the same stuff you drink with your ex-wife? Meaning? 
There was a cute picture of the two of you in the international trip. Anna, in spite of what you may have read, I have never bought Estelle $100 bottles of wine. We play chess. I've been lonely, missing you. So you pick up the phone and dial 1-800-EX-GIRLFRIEND? Anna. And they say, we are sorry, sir. This one is in Italy now. And I say, do you also book plane reservations? One ticket to Rome, nonstop. Here you are. Here we are. He kisses her. I was going to make some pasta. Mm, I'm hungry for something else. More champagne, please. What are you doing in Berlin? Cataloging my work. Oh. Thank God you've got, what's her name, Mom? Juanita, Pepita, Carnita. Rita. Oh, yes, Rita. She's helping me. I bet. Anna, let it go. I'm sorry, I can't. Can I see what you're working on? Sure, right through here. They move to another part of the studio. The artist in her studio. That was new for Anna. It was a change from the caves and the sand and the sea, but obsessed with nature. There were four tree trunks, eight feet tall, two feet in diameter, heavy, solid, linden, roughly stripped of their bark to their essence. And, pure Anna, she had burned her naked silhouette into the wood. I made the outline with gunpowder and lit the match. E boom. Interesting. God damn it, they were good. No, they weren't good. They were spectacular. They were really good. They're brand new. Now with the studio, I can bring the forest indoors. I'm making images that create their own environment, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yes, it makes sense. Good God, I wrote the book on that one 20 years ago. Took art off the pedestal. But Anna was doing something entirely her own. My idea is nature invading the gallery. What do you think? Well, for people who like this sort of thing, I suppose this is the sort of thing they would like. I felt jealous. Why? Flattered? Uh, a little. And frightened. All right, yes, slightly frightened of her gift, her talent. The awe one feels in the face of real talent. Anna, these are very, very good. They're everything I've ever wanted to do. Everything you've ever wanted to do? Burnt trees? Burnt trees? The sexiness of talent, too. Let's face it, talent is the world's greatest aphrodisiac. What you've done with the space between is it's fantastic. It vibrates, almost pulses, and the tension is palpable. You are going to do very well by these, Anna. They're good, aren't they? Really good. They remind me of my echoes of Stonehenge. <laughs> Dios mío. How much wine did you have on that plate? These are the real deal, Anna. Can you live with that? Take it from me. It's not easy. I can. Can you? Carl drops to his knees. Marry me, Anna. Are you crazy? Why? I want to marry you. I need you to marry me. I want you to be my wife. But what about your Shotzi back in Berlin, Lupita? Oh, stop it. Just marry me. He pulls her down. Marry me. Marry me. He kisses her. You're serious. I am serious. Let's just do it. Here. In Rome. Tonight. He kisses her harder. Anna was right to question my motives. Proposing marriage. A terrible idea. What was I thinking? You needed to possess me, Carl. To somehow own the talent that was besotting you. You had no time to lose. You saw that night that if you didn't act fast, you were going to lose me to the world. Okay, Dr. Sigmund J. Smartass. Why did you marry me? I married you because you finally respected me. 
and you asked me, and I loved you. We woke up the morning after the wedding with the worst hangovers of our lives. That funny little friend of yours brought us mimosas. What was his name? Giorgio. Oh, yeah, Giorgio. Was he my best man? Also my bridesmaid. <laughs> and didn't he go on the honeymoon? No, that was a reporter from the Trib. We were the Liz and Dick of the art world. And we weren't even movie stars. The art gossips wet their pants over our marriage. Yeah, the first thing they wondered was, what the hell was Anna thinking? <laughs> the second was, who's going to kill who first? You remember that idiot from Pravda? I could barely understand him. Comrade Karl Adriemski. What is correlation between decadent Ameriskansky approach to red brick in black <laughs> communist Ponikian manifesto? That's very good. You sounded just like that. Ay, Dios mío, and that idiot Brit. Uh, Miss uh, Menda, uh, um, are you naked, uh, decidedly unladylike silhouette, uh, shocking for shock's sake, or mere titillation? <laughs> titillation is in the crotch of the beholder. You actually said that. I did. <laughs> they ate us up. Ah, oh, it was fun to get all the attention. But I didn't get any work done. We spent my entire pre de Rome traveling the world. We visited Stonehenge. We decided we were artists in the Neolithic tradition. We were Neolithic, primitive, vulgar. We drank a lot. You pushed your luck with the Van Rothschilds. They loved me. Until you got punched by Sir Anthony. His <laughs> wife did look like a bulldog. <laughs> and he still bought my piece for the tape. What about you? You streaked the National Portrait Gallery. It was performance art. Besides, I was hot. London Hotel Room. You are hot, my cookie cubanita. I'm crazy about you, papito, even though you're a pain in el culito. <laughs> I'm tired of London. I'm tired of traveling. Let's go home, baby, to New York. They kiss. Get back to work. First, come to Cuba with me. I want you to see my Taino goddesses. Now? Now. It's your last chance. Ronnie Reagan is cracking down. Me esta uno americano, remember? <laughs> I can't possibly get in. Or out. We can both go from here. Won't be able to get home. That's what bribes are for. For 50 Yankee dollars, the Cubans forget to stamp your passport. Listen, baby, I, I need to get back to New York. Sarah's had two shows since I've been gone. And Jasper opens up town next week. They're going to forget who I am. You're unforgettable, papi. Mm. Cuba will inspire you. All that steam and ron and cigar smoke. It's a very sexy place, baby. Mm, come here. Take your shirt off. I can't wait for you to see Varadero. Show me your Varaderos right now. It's my hometown, gringo. It's the most beautiful beach in the world. You'll love it. You're going to love Cuba. Cuban music. I didn't love Cuba. Didn't particularly like it. Hell, I hated it. Humid? You have no idea. Paradise? Huh. For a mosquito. It's a rat-infested inferno with people who live for one thing only. Dancing. It's ridiculous. Old, young, fat, crippled, absolutely shameless. Cuba. A jungle. Snake? It's a liana vine, Carl. Oh, I'm not enjoying this. Are we there yet? We are almost at the caves. They are right in the middle of the park. Park? I'd call this bit more of a jungle. I hold out hope we'll run into Tarzan. He'll give us a lift. My feet are killing me. I'm so glad to be back. I love it here. I'd love to get to where we're going. I'm dying to see your sculptures. And then I'd love to go back to the hotel and get a tiny bit cooled off with the help of a very large, very cold mojito. Anna stops abruptly. What's the matter? Where are my goddesses? Carl reads a sign. Cantera 
de Piedra Caliza. Was that mean, Anna? Anna? It's an old limestone quarry. I use the stone for my goddesses. Apartim apartamentos para la gente. For the people, right? Ha! <laughs> they're, they're mining it to make cement. They're completely gone. My sculptures, the caves, the hillside, hmm? everything. Bulldozed. How could they do this? Priorities. Oh, maybe they moved him to a warehouse or a museum. Carl picks up a fragment of carved stone. What's this? Oh, no. Oh, God. They were a gift for my country, for my people. I worked so hard, and they, then they, they do this? To works of art? Why did they invite me only to do this? It's not fair. Oh, Anna, please, I'm way too hot, and you're way too smart for this. You come down here to give your people art. Well, guess what? It turns out your people don't need art. They need apartamentos. They don't have time for art. They're too busy scraping a subsistence off the crust of this godforsaken island, or else dancing their fucking brains out. So cut your losses and come home, kid. You always say your work is meant to be destroyed. Well, so here it is, shattered. Seriously, from the political angle, it's brilliant for you career-wise. Front-page stuff, Miami Herald at least, for sure. They love any chance to crucify Fidel. Go for it. You heartless, clueless prick. She punches him. Ow! Hey, I'm just a messenger. If you can't handle the truth, don't take it out on me. Cabron, hijo de puta! She leaves. Lights change to today. Was it so terrible, what I said? Carl. Everything you said at the quarry was true, but so cruel. It was the last thing I needed to hear that particular moment. I know it was. I was a prick, world class. I deserve that punch. And you deserve much better. Anyhow, you left me stranded there in the middle of the jungle. By some miracle, I made it back to the hotel with my life and my wallet intact. I drowned my misery in a cold Soviet vodka served up by a hot Cuban barmaid. I was lost, angry, humiliated, and so homesick for my childhood I could taste it. I found myself on Paseo de la Playa, in front of my old house. I have no idea how I got there. There were three families living there. I, I didn't recognize any of them. An old lady let me in. I asked her if I could see my old room. I told her I just wanted to lie down on my bed for a minute. She looked at me with this... Sad expression. I went upstairs. My room was filled with dirty little kids. I gave them gum to go away. The woman looked embarrassed, but then she asked if I could spare a cigarette, so I gave her my pack. The people living in my house didn't know about my cave goddesses, and the government really didn't give a shit about artists or the Taino Indios or Cubanacan or me. I wanted to make it go away. Lying there in the heat with the smell of mildew and gasoline in the air. I cried myself to sleep. Anna, your old house was a mansion on the beach. You lived far better than 95% of your countrymen. You're no poster child for the commie revolution, but you're no martyr for the Cubanos either. You're just an artist. Let's go home. Carl, you're the only home I have. City Sounds of New York. I was, needless to say, glad to get home. New York felt great. Busy, smart, productive. Hell, after Havana, it even felt clean. New York? It was rude, hostile, unwelcoming. 
I had to get used to it again. I'd been gone a year. Yeah, you loved it. If you're not in New York, you're out of town. George M. Cohen said that. Who? There's a sculpture of him in Times Square. Oh, forget it. I was miserable when we got back, Carl. Yeah, that last trip to Cuba was tough on you. Yes, I was in mourning. I know. I knew. I did. Didn't I show you I knew? I remember being very solicitous. Ay, Dios, stop. I didn't want your pity then. I don't want it now. I felt compassion for you. Compassion was never your forte. I was there. I would have remembered. So please, don't try to rewrite my truth from the misty distance of 30 years. I hate that. Jesus, your truth? What about my truth? I remember what I remember, and so do you. But between our two truths, there seems to be not a whole lot of mutual overlap, is there? I remember being at loose ends. <laughs> yeah, to put it mildly. I needed to work. All right, so why didn't you? I just couldn't. Something was stopping me. A certain distressing lack of focus, perhaps? No, idiota. Someone was stopping me. Bullshit. Work was what you needed. You were impossible when you didn't have enough to do. Nervous as a cat. I never tried to stop you from working. See, si. I alone was responsible for not doing my work. But I was hung up, you see, on you. I had this funny idea that now that we were married... Oh, here we go with yet another heartwarming episode of Ozzy and Harriet. Now that we were married, we had to move forward together. Or be dead in the water like a boat. Isn't that the phrase? Dead? So you came up with that absurd idea. It was a brilliant idea. A New York cafe. Thanks for having lunch with me. <laughs> Please don't thank me for spending time with you. It sounds stilted. We're married. It's sexy. The stolen lunch hour, like something very dirty by Henry Miller. Another glass of wine? No, no. I need to get back to work, Anna. Already? Yes, I told Paul I'd be back by three. Never keep a gallery owner waiting. I open in a week. I know, Carl. I have a proposal. Mm, can I wait? I'm bursting, Carl. Oh, Jesus. All right. Let's hear it. Anna unrolls a large drawing. Where did you f find that? Give me that. Don't worry. It's a Xerox, not the original. That's not the point. That's my design for Pittsburgh. You were snooping. Just look at it. Uh, you've drawn on it. I did. What do you think? Uh, what am I supposed to think? The stones you've chosen already seem warm and alive. I drew my silhouette on them. Here's the pitch. Anna and Carl. Primitivism meets minimalism. The stones could look as if thousands of years ago I had lain my mortally wounded body on them. As if my blood had seeped into the rock and fossilized there. How is that accomplished? Industrial strength acid, followed with a mineral wash. As if my body had seeped into the matrix, the essence of the stone. And you, with deliberation, chose these stones to make your sculpture. Una colaboración. Two artists birthing something new. Ouch. Sounds painful. Tell me what you're thinking. <sighs> what am I thinking? Uh, all right. All right. It's technically intriguing. It works? No. Yes, maybe. So you want to try it? I will freely, gladly admit it had genius, as though she was creating her work actually within my stone. Natural alchemy. Hell, it was brilliant. And I knew it, of course. I knew it right away. But that wasn't the problem. So, you want to try it? I, 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 I no. It doesn't have to be for Pittsburgh. In fact, it would be more exciting if we pitched this as a special project. No, never. Why not? When I put a sculpture on the floor, everything in that space, including the floor itself, becomes 
my work, my creation. But this would be different. It would be a statement about us. I don't do us, and I don't make statements. <laughs> How can you say I don't make statements with a straight face? I can, and I just did. Carl, mi amor, hear me out. I know how you work. It's not out of a lack of respect for you. I saw your plan, and I saw myself in it, as vivid as a revelation. You agreed it works. I need to do this with you. You are the great collaborator. Find someone else. I need to do this with you. I'm not a collaborator. I'm not the enemy, Carl. <sighs> I'm not Matahari. Soy tu esposa. We are two artists who happen to be married. We didn't marry each other's art. But you married me, and I am my art. Or do you hate my art, and that's why you don't want to work with me? Anna, I have absolutely no desire to be Rogers and Hammerstein, or worse, Frida and Diego. I do not collaborate. Not even with me. Especially not with you. I don't understand that. I don't understand you. Listen, I'm not nearly as dense and inscrutable as you think. I get what you want, what you're talking about. You want to use your art and my art for us. Make it about us. I get it, but I just can't. Do it. It's not what I do. You're afraid. Oh God, no! I'm not afraid of anything. You are. You're afraid of failing. What other possible reason? Oh, Anna, stop! Spare me the pop psychology. You know why I can't work with you, or ought to. My work is the most important thing in the world to me, and more important than me, than us, our marriage. Oh crap! Are you serious? Don't be corny. Don't be common. I am sad for you, Carl Andre. What? Because you are a brilliant man, and you build brick walls around yourself. I am sad for you. I'm not sad for me. I get me just fine. See you tonight. He gets up from the table. Lights change to today. I got the message right then and there. You always thought I was too flighty to remember things you said to me, but that afternoon in the cafe, I heard you, and it stuck. But I've always wondered. How did it make you feel, slamming the iron door smack in my face like that? The God's truth. Later on, very sad, but not sorry. I couldn't be sorry, frankly. That would have been out of character, unprofessional. For the rest of the summer, I stayed as far away from him as possible. Both living in the same nine hundred square foot apartment. I went to the galleries by myself. Went dancing by myself. Tried to work by myself. I thought marriage meant something to you. It did. It meant that you had license to treat me like mierda. Of course, we were only married a few months. I was dead before we could celebrate our single anniversary. City sounds of New York. Oppressive summer. Carl's apartment. A heat wave. Oh, Christ is hot. Memories of Cuba. I miss my studio in Rome. Why don't you go back to the co-op? I quit. They wanted me to pay some bullshit dues. I guess I'm not lesbian enough. He turns on the television. Turn it down, Carl. She turns it down.、Oh, please don't do that. He turns it back up. Just because they're black and white doesn't automatically mean that they're any good. How can you waste your time with this stupid escapist crap? She really didn't get it, but she should have. We were both artists. I was working hard. Between the Paula Cooper show, a big success, and Pittsburgh, a huge piece, fifty footer, five. Ten foot slabs, Boston blue limestone. I, I was completely exhausted, tapped out. And, and New Haven was coming up, another big one, very demanding. I had ideas. I could have done New Haven. That was my gig. They commissioned me. 
So if I needed to sit through a three-day Bela Lugosi marathon in my underpants in order to what, empty my mind, make room for New Haven, well, that's what I needed to do. Bullshit. You were watching TV. I need to see this. TV makes you a very dull boy. Are you aware of that? Anna, I've been going nonstop. I know. I was there at your side. Or didn't you notice? It was weird. Mrs. Carl Andre, like... I was a doctor's wife or something. Did you know Ted Turner owns the entire MGM catalog? And you're going to watch every goddamn one of them? Let's go out. Let's go dancing. Dancing? Uh, you go. So you can call your ex and play chess? I'm going to sit here quietly by myself. Or is there some other doe-eyed worshipper you feel like screwing tonight? Oh, God. I'm watching television, Anna. Well, I can't help but su suspect something since you don't make love to me anymore. Go for a jog. You haven't touched me in six weeks. ¿Por qué será? Are you having an affair with Paula Cooper? Jeez. Or are you too fat to get it up anymore? Good God. Or wait, have you finally decided you're gay? It sometimes happens with older men. Look at Leonard Bernstein. I'm not gay. Oh, so it's me. It's just me. Am I so disgusting that you can't bear to touch me? Anna, stop. Leave me alone. What is so goddamn difficult about understanding that? I need a break, a break from your goddamn relentless insecurities. I need you to leave me alone, Anna. Fine. I'll get the mail. Fine. Wait, please, don't get the mail. Why not? Just don't. That's what I did. I know. But I don't need a replay of all that. I do. I need the truth. That's why we're here. What truth? You went out the window. A brick is a brick is a brick. You don't just go out a window, Carl. You fall, you jump, you are pushed. It's an accident, suicide, or it's murder. Did you murder me, Carl? No! What a horrible thing to say. Why? Because that would have made it a crime of passion? Meaning? Meaning you either loved me or hated me, but you weren't indifferent. <sighs> what does it matter now? Let it go. It matters. You're 79 years old, Carl. You could die tonight in your sleep, a sad old man with nothing new to show for the last three decades. And me? I would never know what really happened. I would be stuck haunting this god-awful tacky apartment and your Nordic ice queen and never know the truth. On the other hand, you could live 20 more years and I'd haunt you for every second of every moment of every one of them. I've been in a free fall for 29 years, Carl. Let's hit the ground and get it over with. Sound of a woman screaming, no, then the thunk of a body landing on a roof. Get the goddamn mail. Lights change. Anna exits, re-enters with mail and a bottle of champagne. Carl Andre, amorcito! She hugs him and starts dancing in front of the TV. Oh, Christ. Did the doorman give you some blow? No, I bought some champagne. Open it. He ignores her. Get out of the way. I'm watching this. Look, mi amor. Look. Don't open my mail. It's not for you, cabron. Anna pops open the champagne. It sprays all over both of them. God damn it! These were dry clean this morning. Anna drinks straight from the bottle as she reads the mail. This is from Otis. A commission. A big one. A commission from the Otis Art Institute. <sighs> but why you? I mean, what made them think of you just out of the blue like this? Believe it or not, Carl, people have heard of me. They called me out of the blue. Miss Mendieta, this letter represents an offer for a commission to create a public art installation in MacArthur Park. Where the hell is MacArthur Park? It's a huge parque, Carl, in the center of Los Angeles, 
in California. Ever heard of it? I'm going to put a set of my gunpowder trees right in the middle of it. It'll be el epicentro de la ciudad. Terrifico. L.A. Over there, it's sunny, warm, fresh, and happening. Unlike, say, Pittsburgh. Hardy har. Indicating the TV. Oh, hell, it's over. And don't worry, Carl. I won't ask you for any help. <laughs> Celebrate with me. Let's dance. She drags him to his feet and tries to get him to dance with her. I missed the ending. Aren't you excited for me? Anna, I haven't seen these movies since I was a kid. I didn't know they had talkies when you were a kid. <laughs> Anna, according to you, I'm old, fat, can't get it up, and I'm gay. So why don't you just leave me? Mi amor, quiero bailar, celebrar. She takes another swig and holds out the bottle, encouraging him to drink. It's too late to be drinking. The night is young. It's only 3 a.m. He sits back down, focuses on the TV. Tracy and Hepburn are on. Fuck them. I want to celebrate. I'm watching TV. She sits on his lap. You're not old or fat. I think you're beautiful, Carl. Let's make love. She starts unbuttoning her blouse. We can fight afterwards if we still feel like it. She tries to kiss him. After the movie. He pushes her onto the floor. Cabron, hijo de puta. She gets up, deliberately strips off her blouse and shorts. Look at me. Look at me. Did you gain weight? She screams and raises the champagne bottle threateningly. Okay, that's far enough. We know what happened next. Do we? Do we, Carl? Anna throws the bottle at Carl. He ducks and it smashes into the TV. There's glass everywhere. You're destroying us. No, I'm saving us. Leave me alone. You want me to leave you alone? What do you want me to do, Carl? Do you want me to throw myself out the fucking window and disappear from your life forever? She runs to the window. I reach for the latch. My God, why did I do that? I watched my hand turning it, unlocking it, pushing it open. I felt a breeze. I looked down. I f felt that little collapse in my groin and in my knees and thought, should I jump? Right now? Should I just do it? She climbs onto the ledge. Anna, don't be an idiot. He races to the window and tries to shut it. Anna fights him off and flings it back open. I'm half naked. I'm sexy as hell and the windows are open. We used to love screwing with the windows wide open so the whole world could see us. Carl tries to pull her away from the window. She embraces him, fumbles with his fly. He slaps her hand away. Don't touch me. You're drunk and disgusting. She screams. Te voy a matar, puto cabrón. She claws at his face, drawing blood. Ah, I'm bleeding. Good. I wanted to kill you. It wasn't about sex anymore. I was in a blind rage. I wanted to scratch your eyes out. Carl tries to get Anna's hands away from his face. She climbs onto him, wrapping her legs and arms around him, forcing her body against his. You flew at me, leapt on me. Your arms were tight around my neck. You were like a, a monkey, some sort of Cuban jungle primate. I leapt into your arms like a five-year-old. I wanted you to hold me, comfort me. But I didn't see anything in your eyes. No love, no hate. No, nothing. Then time slowed, almost stopped. I had about six seconds to live. Time telescopes. The action becomes heightened. The actors both tell and reenact the story simultaneously. Neither of them knows what happened. They have to discover it in the moment. It was hot, but not sexy hot. It was prickly hot. We were both sweaty. I pushed you off me. Carl pushes Anna. She staggers back into the window. You threw me off towards the window. You were so tiny. It felt like throwing a cat, a cat in heat. 
It was in the general direction of the window, but not intentionally towards the window. The window was half open, but the force of my body pushed it all the way. Window bangs open, sound of wind and traffic far below. It was your fault. You had released the latch. Teetering on the edge, Anna reaches out her hand. And the window was wide open. I was losing my balance, about to go. I reached out for you. What did you do, Carl? Carl reaches out to Anna. The spotlight focuses on their hands as... I reached for you. I grabbed your hand, but you slipped from my grasp. Anna's hand slips from his. You went out the window. Blackout. Sound of a woman screaming, no. Then the thunk of a body landing on a roof. Lights up. Anna's still reaching towards Carl. No, you didn't try to save me. I reached towards you. What did you do, Carl? He reaches out to her. Spotlight again focuses on their hands. I reached for you. I grabbed your arm. I pushed. Carl pushes Anna's hand away. You went out the window. Blackout. Sound of a woman screaming no, then the thunk of a body landing on a roof. Lights up. Anna is again reaching towards Carl. No, that's not what happened. You didn't push me. I reached towards you. What did you do, Carl? Tell me the truth. Spotlight again focuses on their hands. I reached for you. Carl reaches for Anna's hand. I... I... I, You reached for me. What happened, Carl? I turned away. He turns away. And I went out the window. Blackout. Sound of a woman screaming no. Lights up on Anna falling. I began my 34-floor descent. All those dreams of falling. Sometimes seductive, sometimes a nightmare. Well, this was it. This was it. This is what it really felt like. I screamed, I guess. I don't remember. During those four short, endless seconds, I waited for the blue heron. But he never came. Blackout. The distant thunk of her body landing on the tar roof. Lights up on Carl. Anna hit the roof at the speed of 120 miles per hour. When the coroner removed her body, a deep impression remained in the tar and gravel. Anna's final silhouette. You were arrested and sent to Rikers Island. <laughs> that made me laugh. Rikers Island sounds like a place where pirates live. They accused me of killing you. Why would anyone think I was guilty? Because you acted guilty, Carl. Because after I died, you went back to watching your precious Hepburn and Tracy movie. It took you two hours to call 911. I was in shock. I was dead. Every one of my bones shattered. All of my internal organs liquefied. Give it a rest. They arrested you because my sister called the next morning and all you said was, Anna's not here. You weren't. They arrested you because you lied about the scratch on your face. You told the cops it was ten days old when it was obviously fresh and still bleeding. Being confused is not a crime. They arrested you. Because you treated the cops like retarded children. Because they were. They arrested you, Calandre, because they didn't like you. That is no reason to accuse anyone of murder. Your rich artist comrades circled the wagons in your defense. Your lawyer successfully painted me as a pobrecita little drunk, unstable Cuban spitfire who accidentally killed herself. It was humiliating. In the end, I waived my right to a jury trial. My lawyer thought I might be seen as an arrogant white guy brutalizing a poor, vulnerable brown woman. I chose a bench verdict. A single judge. Simple. Quick. Minimal. People thought I was crazy. 
What the hell? It worked. He acquitted me. How lucky for you. I was thrown in the gutter like a chiclet's gum wrapper. You tried to forget me. Did my life mean nothing to you? Light fades out on Anna. Let me talk to you about artists. With a capital A. I don't mean, quote, uh, creative types. Don't get me wrong. The guy who wrote This Buds for You was a genius, a gorgeously economical piece of writing. But he was still what I call a, quote, civilian. I mean, artists. The real deal. Why must you artists be so everlastingly self-absorbed, asks the civilian. I'll tell you, we are cursed by a calling. No, an obsession to do our work. We're like monks, or we'd like to be cloistered and free from distraction. It's not a choice, it's a condition from birth, like uh, thinning hair or, I don't know, freckles. We are obliged to worship the strict and demanding God that is our art. We genuflect before him morning, noon, and night. We pray to this God, you ask? Yes, we do. Our prayer is what we think about every day without thinking. An artist is thinking about his work, his past work, his current work, his next work, all the time. That's our prayer. You want to know what our hell is? Hell is other people. <laughs> Sartre said that. People who muck up our lives, who think they can somehow own us, own our time who ask us to explain our work and assume we are delighted to do so, who insist we behave just right at openings, parties, and retrospectives, gracious and grateful at our own, at other people's, just the perfect amount of sarcasm or venom, and always quirky, funny, and fascinating. We go, we perform like monkeys because it's our survival. But full disclosure... The awful truth? We're not really interested in connecting with you. We're not really interested in communicating with you. Not really. We do it for ourselves and those gods of ours, not you. So, we're weird and selfish and creepy old trolls. But guess what? We've got the same goddamn needs as anybody else. A nice apartment, good food, good sex, good champagne. One thing I need is women. I happen to like them. I like their company, and I like going to bed with them. Hell, I've been married four times. And one of those times was to Anna, with Anna. But did I kill her? The judge said I did not. That was the decision, folks. Case closed, right? But okay. Let's just say I did, quote, kill her. Because that's what you want to hear, right? You've been waiting all night to hear my confession. Admit it. Hell, I don't even care if you want to label it that confession. You can't try me twice for the same crime. Double jeopardy. It's in the Bill of Rights, right? Okay. So here it is, my confession. At its very worst, what I did was a crime of omission. Yeah? Let's assume for a moment it was possible I could have kept her from going out the window. In other words, I failed to save her. Pretty bad. Awful, you bet. But was it murder? Can you convict a guy for what he didn't do? In any case, you'd forgive me, 
right? You'd find it in your heart to forgive such a human, albeit inept, clumsy screw-up, right? But if I were to say to you, yeah, I failed to save her because I had to, because I had no other choice, because it was the only choice, because it was time to get back to work, and I had to clear my head, my mind, make space for that cool, dark, bottomless pool, my altar, my private, personal nirvana. Well, that would be going a bit far, wouldn't it? You wouldn't get it, would you? You'd consider me something subhuman, a monster. Unforgiven, unforgivable. But can we please be honest? Every human action, every breath is an act of selfishness. Mother Teresa, all that so-called selfless, self-denial shit, turned her on big time, made her feel like some kind of saint on earth. I'm not a saint. I'm just a regular guy born with a curse on his head. I'm an artist. So how about a little understanding? A little human sympathy? Hell, I had to kill the love of my life because she was sucking me dry. It was never going to get better. And I needed to get back to work. Lights up on Anna's ghost. But you haven't worked. Not since I died. Whose fault is that, Anna? Yours. But you can vaporize now forever, like you promised. I went all the way, baby. I even said you were the love of my life. Isn't that good enough for you? I was the love of your life. <laughs> what a bullshit notion of love. Am I supposed to be touched? Satisfied? This is when I vaporize. Oh, okay. You can go on The View and tell them how much you loved me and then confess to my murder because you needed to work and you would get away with it. You failed to save me? How passive. How minimal. I am dead. I died violently. Why don't you act like a real man and brag that you hurled me out the window? Failed to save me because you needed your work. Jesus, Carl, what a bore you are. Come on, be honest, Calandre. You don't actually want to work. What you crave is immortality. It's what every artist wants. No one goes into art for art's sake. We want to be rock stars, to explode like meteors. Well, Carl, for that, you needed to collaborate with me, with the legend of me, embrace the myth of Anna. Together, our story is grand opera. Shakespeare, Hallmark Hall of Fame. Hey, I am a saint. I have a cult that worships me. Santa Ana Mendieta Caída, the fallen. Without me, you are a sad old man in tailor-made farmer overalls, living in your ivory tower, arranging bricks and pretty patterns in your head, giving interviews to the suckers at the New Yorker. How does it feel to be so eminently obscure? Don't tell me, I know. You hate it. Because you want to be remembered, to leave a legacy, Carl. And for that, you will always need me. Oh, mi amor. I'm not going anywhere. You're a fool, really. You've had 29 years to capitalize on your side of the story. Ah, but you're not really interested in communicating. Because you have contempt for your audience and for me. My death has been compared to one of my siluetas, but maybe it's your minimalist masterpiece. 
created in your mind and executed on site on, on that tar roof 34 floors below. But I got to you, Carl. We collaborated at last when I went out the window because when you are gone, my story will be told and retold and you will be remembered forever too. But not as the great groundbreaking minimalist Carl Andre. Your wiki will simply read The Man Who Killed Ana Mendieta. I can't wait. We'll read it together. She puts her hand on his shoulder. Lights fade out. End of play. This has been a production of Play for Keeps. Thank you for joining us. 